I'm ready. Let's do it. Welcome, everyone, to episode 264 of the Mars Attacks podcast. My name is Victor, and we are back for another episode, this time around with another one of my patrons. It is Metal Dan, and Metal Dan recently won an episode of Trivia Tuesday, which I do up on Twitch, only because that's the only platform that allows me to do multiple choice Trivia show with really not a lot of coding or anything else involved. So it works for what I need it to do. And one of the prizes that I've been given out has been co-hosting the show with me. So that's what Dan has done. He chose to go that way. He's actually purchased merch before with discounts that I've provided winners as well. So uh, there is that. But I wanted to tie everything together. Because I knew Dan was going on the Monsters of Rock cruise. And although I've been on regular cruises, I wanted to find out what one of these music cruises was like. So I wanted to find out firsthand from one of my listeners. And he was nice enough to wear a Mars Attacks podcast podcast t-shirt. Yeah, podcast. Maybe that's what we should do. Do cat-related merch. Maybe that'll sell. Uh, anyway, so he was kind enough to wear a Mars Attacks radio, Mars Attacks radio and podcast t-shirt to the actual cruise. And I wanted to pick his brain about what actually goes on the cruise. You know, what, what type of things to expect for people. And from people that actually got to watch it live or have already watched the YouTube version, uh, it's been a very positive reaction so far i think a lot of us have really wanted to try one of these cruises out but really haven't known anyone who's done it or really know exactly what to expect so hopefully for those that didn't check the youtube version out or didn't listen or watch live this is a way of maybe filling in some of those gaps for you and answering some questions that you might have from someone who actually went. Of course, if we're talking about someone who's promoting it or trying to sell it, then they may give you they may give you a different opinion to what someone like a Metal Dan may give, who's really got no horse in the race. You know, he was there with his wife. They had a great time. And again, just cool to find out about this stuff, something that I've always wanted to do. And there's a bunch of different cruises out there. There's you know, and I don't know if all of these are going on because there was a classic rock related one, which had Lita Ford and a bunch of people on it. It happened right after there's the 70,000 tons of metal, which I believe this year didn't take place, but supposed to take place next year. And obviously there's the Kiss Cruise and, and there's a few others. There's the Chris Jericho Cruise as well, which marries hard rock and metal with wrestling the Chris Jericho um, Rock and Wrestling Rager, I believe it's called. Something along those lines. So again, just cool to find out about all this stuff. And actually tonight on Signals from Mars, I will have Jeremy Weltman, another one of my patrons, 
who's been to a lot of different festivals over the years. And we're going to kind of talk about the evolution of festivals from, you know, your classic Monsters of Rock festival to these cruises and what the future lies. Because uh, let's be honest, you know, as much as we can bitch about festival costs, or maybe it'll cost you a few hundred, in my case, to, to take the family to a, a multi-day festival or even just a single day at a festival, these cruises are in the thousands. So there's a slightly different uh, pricing parity involved when it comes to this stuff. So, yeah, <laughs> um, it's a whole other ball of wax. So it should be a lot of fun to catch up with Jeremy as well. And I hope you guys join me. That's 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. 11 p.m. in the UK and midnight in Europe. MarsAttacksRadio.com for more. Here's Jeremy Weltman with Patrons Club. Hello again. Here I am with another Patrons Pick slot. I go through all the albums that have been released over the past week and I select a few for you to have a listen to, try and point you in the right direction. Uh, there's always a lot of stuff being released. There were, in fact, 17 albums listed on MarsAttacksRadio.com last week, last Friday, including the new Crowbar album called Zero and Below, which was reviewed by Victor. So I suggest you go onto his site and have a, have a look at that. There were a couple of EPs. There were the usual reissues, and there was one compilation. I also get sent some music from directly from the promoters, uh, which hasn't been released yet. Some of those I'll be telling you about in this Patrons Pick slot from week to week. I think, in fact, there is one this week, which I'll come to in a minute. Of the new stuff that's come out, there was quite a few, again, as usual, that were quite interesting to listen to. There was Marillion's 20th studio album, I believe, although I think um, they have one that's split into a part one, part two sort of thing. And I'm not sure if they count it as two separate albums, so please don't write in and correct me. This one is called An Hour Before It's Dark. I know there's one or two patrons actually looking forward to listening to this. It has 18 songs, was 54 minutes of music on this one. I'm not very keen on Marillion myself uh, after Fish has left the band. I prefer the Fish days. I uh, prefer Fish. I like a few chips with it as well. But seriously, there was some good music on this, as usual, though. Marillion, a decent band, nevertheless. There was the also rather unfortunately timed The War to End All Wars by Sabaton. If you like Sabaton, you're going to like that. Again, not really my favourite sort of band there, but um, I'm sure that the fans out there are going to, going to like it. There was, though, a very entertaining release from Ty Tabor or T Tabor of King's X. Uh, it was called Shades. I really like that. Um, very well worth a listen. There was some what I call sort of post-rush prog from uh, a band called The Flower Kings with the album called By Royal Decree. Again, that was a, an interesting uh, album to listen to. There was also Myriad by Ohiroshima, very thoughtful and atmospheric collection of music, which was also very much worth a listen. This week's patron's pick is, though, a Brooklyn-based band from New York. They're an old-school metal act, really. They're called Sanhedrin. Their album is called Lights On, and it's absolutely superb. I really like this so much, so I've played it every single day. 
It has a really good vibe on it. It has female vocals from Erica Stoltz, who fits in really perfectly. I love her her voice on these songs. She's not so polished. She just sounds absolutely right for, for it. They're a power trio. She also plays the bass, by the way. There's eight tracks on this new album, 41 minutes. Uh, there's lots of uh, different coloured vinyl available, by the way. I've, I've ordered myself a gold one. I really, there's quite there's so many good songs on the on here even though there's only eight the opener correction really gets you into the mood of this there's a song called Lost at Sea which uh, maintains a really nice pace I like that one there's also a song called Code Blue which is a little bit more laid back but it's hard to pick um, from them all I've gone back and listened to the previous albums that they've released and I really think that this album is the best of the three so I really recommend you having a having a listen to this one. It is this week's patron's pick, and it is Sanhedrin with their album Lights On. As usual, Jeremy's patron's pick is stellar. Awesome. So uh, Sanhedrin from Metal Blade. Uh, I need to check this out. Lights out, sounds very cool, and maybe someone that we have on in the future. Who knows? But uh, yeah, thank you once again, Jeremy, for um, putting together the patron's pick. And yeah, so just want to run down all of the patrons real quickly here. We're obviously going to hear from Metal Dan. Uh, during this episode, but uh, let's go newest to oldest. We have my brother Art. We have Anthony Mackey up in Ireland. We have Steven Saylor. We have Ed the Shred Ferguson. We have the metal politician Johan Erdestrom. We have Jose in Connecticut. We have Chris from the Chris and Amanda show. And we have the metal dentist, Gabriel Ruiz. We have Mr. Yarg Metal himself, Mr. Brad Dahl. We have our Mike Jones. And we have Twisted Steve Hoker. And once again, Metal Dan and Jeremy in the UK. Thank you to all of you guys for all of your continued support. I really appreciate it. And I understand that not everyone can be a part of Patreon. We've had people that have come and gone just because their financial situations change. You can support us just by sharing this, letting your friends know about the podcast, about the live stream, about Trivia Tuesday, about the Fireside Friday uh, pre-show. There's a, a ton of different things that I try to do to just cast the largest net possible and get you guys interested and give you guys your money's worth. I promise you that if you join Patreon and you're into music like the rest of us are that are in the group, uh, you won't be disappointed. A bunch of different additional podcast content, uh, merch, depending on what tier you select, and a whole lot of music from bands you know, bands you may not know, and stuff that's posted daily. So check it out. Go to patreon.com forward slash Mars Attacks podcast, or you can go to marsattacksradio.com and find all the links to Patreon and all the different social media platforms where you can check out 
what I'm doing with the Mars Attack slash Signals from Mars shows. Uh, you can go to subscribe there and check out all of the different platforms where you can subscribe to the podcast. Check out the Signals from Mars live stream live uh, while it's taking place. You can partake. You can comment in the chat while the shows are going on. Or you can also, if you're a patron, you can be part of our upcoming discussion on 1982. So you can do that for as little as two bucks a month. Join one month. See if, you know, it's worth your while. If not, you know, just bail. Uh, I get it. It's not for everyone. So uh, we have Trivia Tuesday, as I just mentioned, on Tuesdays, exclusively on Twitch. It is a uh, multi-question quiz show. I start the show at 5 o'clock Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. in the UK, 11 p.m. in Central European time. And the questions start flowing at about 15 after the hour. I give you guys some time to jump on in because I realize that Twitch sends the notification and some people get it five minutes later, 10 minutes later. And even if you think that you're late, Join in. There have been people that have joined the show late and have still won. And there are prizes for the winners. Also, we have the Fireside Friday pre-show where um, I usually have a bunch of different patrons join in. And if you're on Fireside, you can join in. I usually go over new releases, some music news. And from there, I bring people up on stage and we just... Talk about hard rock and metal goings on, basically. Different things that are going on within hard rock and metal. And then that's followed by the Signals from Mars live stream. The festivities on Friday start on Fireside, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. in the UK, 11 p.m. Central European time zone, 8 a.m. if you're in Sydney, Australia. Just throwing that out there. And then... You hop on over to the Signals from Mars live stream, which takes place at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. in the UK, and 12 midnight for those in Europe. Just go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to keep up with everything that we have going on. And on this note, let's hop on over to the interview with Metal Dan. Welcome, everyone, to the Friday, March 4th edition of the Signals from Mars live stream. I am joined tonight by Mr. Metal Dan, who is here uh, due to the fact that he won Trivia Tuesday a few weeks back. And uh, that's one of the perks I've been giving out for, for winning the trivia show. You get to co-host uh, Signals from Mars with me and... And since I knew you were going to be going on the Monsters of Rock cruise, I said, oh, this is perfect. You know, we could tie the whole thing in and talk about the uh, cruise a little bit. Dan, how are you today, sir? Hey, I'm good. Yeah, I can give a different perspective from others on the Monsters of Rock cruise. And this is not Chris from the Decibel Geek, even though we share the same odd-sounding voice. Shout out to Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I... I You've been told that you guys sound alike? 
No, he's mentioned himself that he doesn't have the most bass, and and I don't have the most bass. I don't have a voice for uh, radio. I know it. Well, I'm. Uh, I have no problem uh, with you being on here. It was fun to have you uh, here with us for the live albums episode, and you know I'm sure this will be just fine as well. So um, I want to. Say hello to Jose in the chat and also Jeremy, who was uh, over on the Fireside pre-show with me. Uh, we discussed the, a bit of Scorpions and a bunch of other stuff over there before hopping on over here. But um, anyway, so was this your first Monsters of Rock Cruise? So no, this is number four for me. And I think okay. there are at 10 or 11 or 12, something like that. I did the first two years which is okay. totally different. And I did the Ocho, uh, number eight, that had the mighty Steve Harris. And that's the reason I went, is because I got to meet Steve Harris in person. Thanks oh, to the Monster Rockers. That's awesome. Uh, how does this one differentiate from the others that you've been to? I mean, how? I mean, I'm assuming it's evolved over the years. Yeah, it's gotten bigger. So year one was 2012. It was on uh, MSC Cruises, which is a smaller Italian boat. And I, right. I think it was like half full, if that. It was wonderful. And it was amazing. Anytime you do something for the first time that you enjoy, it's always great. And now it's on Royal Caribbean. And, of course, they'll change cruise lines. But mm. it's just bigger. And uh, it's just more. It's just more people. <laughs> And yeah. there's more, there's more lines like the first year or second year, you kind of just walked in and everything was happening and you didn't have to wait. And now there's lines. Now it's Disneyland. <laughs> we'll get into that. Yeah. And just so people know, Royal Caribbean have ships that are longer than the Empire State Building is tall. So they have ships that have it's something ridiculous. I, uh, I want to say that it's over 3000 people can be on the ship, but I think that some of their bigger ships can actually take quite a bit more than that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. So I could just imagine because I'm assuming that even if you split people up, you're still going to have lines because there's just thousands and thousands of people there. Yeah, so this year was different thanks to COVID. Um, there were, it wasn't sold out. There's no way. I mean, they don't give the numbers of what they have. Right. But judging by the pool deck and things that are going on, it wasn't sold. But that also happens is the other thing is, is not all the bands showed up. So when you have, you know, a quarter to a third of less than you do, you have less overlap. You have more people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All wanting to be at the same place at the same time. Gotcha. Um, have you been on any of the other cruises that are similar to this, like seven seventy thousand tons of metal or, or anything like that? I haven't. Um, I know there's about four, three or four other ones. Yeah. I didn't do the mega cruise out of LA and I regret that choice. Okay. But I should have or the uh the was it the lemming one that they did? I should have done it, but no, I've only done Monsters of Rock. I haven't done Kiss. Okay. And the Kiss one you said? I haven't done Kiss, even oh. though next year, I guess, Kiss is going out of Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And uh, I asked my wife, and she said no. And I'm good with that. 
<laughs> I, I, I'm not a cruise person. Right. I, um, yeah. I'm an Alice Cooper fan. So I thought in Al- an intimate Alice Cooper show, why not? You know? Sure. Yeah. And that was actually one of my questions. So we'll, we'll get to that in, in a second. Um, yeah. The other thing too is, I mean, I would imagine you, you really have to want to see something specifically because they're not cheap either because the, the kiss cruise, I believe from two years ago, the last, the last pre COVID jumped up quite a bit so that the cheapest cabin was, I believe like eight grand. Um, so you, you, you really, you really have to want to see them really badly. And, you know, I got to figure with kiss though. Yeah. It's the, it's the last cruise with kiss, but I don't think that's going to hold them back from doing more kiss cruises where Gene and Paul will still be there and just do different things. I mean, we, we may end up seeing like Paul play a solo, you know, Paul and Gene each play solo uh stuff with other bands and you know people will still go to that <laughs> you know so i think they have enough rabid fans that that won't be an issue yeah how much it costs does weigh in on doing it again and previously doing it so they base it on two people occupancy and of okay. course you can have a cabin with four people or whatever depending on what it fits so you can have a lot of people joining in, but yeah, for based on two people, my estimate is anywhere from thirty five hundred US up to ten to twelve to sixteen thousand, depending on your status. If you want to be a VIP or whatnot, I'm not a VIP. I'm a peon, but <laughs> but yet for some reason, when they put this stuff on sale, the first things that are sold out are those VIPs. Which right. to me, if I'm Disneyland and I'm the Monsters of Rock Cruise jack up the price on those people make them pay more damn it until you can't get anybody else right yeah well that makes <laughs> makes sense i mean if if you're seeing that people are paying those prices why not you yeah. know that, that's the thing with hard rock and metal we're we're suckers for paying money for for what we really want so i think people the, would if they raise that to 20 grand or 25 i think there's still going to be people that will pay for it I can say that with love because, um, I mean, those people will pay it. And my wife was once at a bidding auction that they did for the cruise. Mm-hmm. And this woman talked to her and said, I'm going to outbid all you bitches. I mean, she was drunk, but she was boasting that her husband had so much money that none of you guys are going to win what I want to win. It's like, you suck, lady, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what you're up against. Yeah. yeah. Um. When it comes to actually buying the uh, tickets to get on there, do you go to their what? Do the Monsters of Rock cruise website? Do you go to regular travel agency? What's that process like? Yeah, I mean, the first year I was skeptical, right? Year one, 2012, I wasn't sure of anything. They had a website. And it's like, I trust this is going to work because I'd seen some festivals that had failed similarly, but yeah. it was all booked on their website. Now they have it done. It's totally trustworthy and everything. I'll give them that. But yeah. Once you have done it before, you that person gets to get in about two weeks before the general public, and then it goes on sale to everybody. Of course, this year with COVID, there were plenty of cabins to be uh, the people uh, gave up on, people who couldn't go or whatever, and that. But yeah, it's totally legit website through the Monsters of Rock people. Okay, gotcha. And you you can make payments, or you can save money and pay all at one time, or whatever. Right. You make a down payment of a hundred. 
you make another down payment of a thousand and you continue on until you're paid off. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And you just mentioned Alice Cooper. Uh, so I'm assuming that because you knew you were going to see him, that, that was the catalyst for you to go this year. Yeah. I mean, I love the whole band. I love Chuck. I love Ryan. I love, they're great. The thing, and I thought, well, there's an outside chance that I'm going to meet Alice. So I'll give it a shot. And I thought my assumption was Ryan Roxy would do solo his own band because Chuck does his. Well, Ryan didn't do it. So Alice didn't join until Alice was on the ship for one night and one day. And then he got off. He joined in Mexico and he played that night. He stayed overnight through the wonderful thunderstorm. Then the next day he played another show. So they split it up into two groups Mm -hmm. for us to go see. Yeah. That's how it worked. It was, you had a red card or a blue card. They gave you a a pass and only those people were allowed to go in for that show. And the VIP started first and then us general peons that were in the line, we went next and I'm the peon and I got row five direct center. I couldn't be happier. I mean, it was great. Um, and does the, is that how it works for every band that's on there or do they all do multiple shows and then the crowd gets split up between them or is that just for Alice or the bigger or the other bigger acts? Yeah. So how it works now is generally it's you one, whoever the artist is, they play two shows. Okay. Sometimes they do this pre-cruise where somebody will play and then like a rhino bucket, for instance, then they'll only play one other show. So how it works is is the the pool deck is usually awesome. Year eight with the Ocho, the pool deck sucked. So we can get into that. But yeah, what generally happens is the pool deck, you get to watch sound check. You get to just be there. There's no lines. There's no whatever. You can just hang out and be there. There's this little tiny lounge that they have typically. That one you can kind of just sit in there. I don't think they push you out. But the other two venues that they have, which is like a, a hockey rink, or ice rink like, on yeah. the main theater. That's where they kick you out after every show and you got to go stand in line again. And that's where we'll get into it. If day one is a fiasco, but yeah, so, so they make you leave and come back in. Okay. And outside, outside of Alice, was there someone else that specifically that you wanted to see? Oh, uh, <laughs> this year. Yeah. And then I'm going to draw a blank. Well, Roxanne. So, I mean, nobody knows about them. They're local from Southern California. They were slated. They were the first ones to to say they were going to do last year or two years ago, whatever. Um, I'm a huge Roxanne fan. I can see them locally when they play. But as little of a band they are, that was one of them. They didn't get to make it. But um, what's them names from uh, from Australia with the short guy? Um, he was supposed, they were supposed to be on that has the ACDC like, uh, go ahead. Dead Daisies or? No, and now I'm going to draw a blank on them. They were supposed to be on and they didn't make it. I'm not a Skid Row fan. They didn't make it. Yeah, there were a couple of them that uh, didn't make it. Okay. And um, yeah, so I was, uh, one Michael of my next was was, what bands did you miss out on that you wanted to see? But I'm, Based on what you're saying, it was mostly because they just didn't get on the cruise that you didn't get to see them. Yeah, Michael Monroe didn't make it. Um, you know, he, whatever, he had to cancel. Um, the guitar player from Wasp, he has this medical issue. He didn't make it. 
Um, and then I'm going to draw a blank because now I'm getting nervous. I hear myself talking. Uh, um, don't worry. You're doing fine. Yeah. Uh, well, the Skid Row guys in L.A. Guns didn't show up. And I, don't, I guess that's a fight amongst themselves, which you probably can speak about. Right. Um, you know, so, yeah, there were many of them that I thought were going to be there and they didn't make it. Was there any band that you got to see that surprised you that were better than what you expected them to be? Yeah, and it's the dumbest thing. They're called Nerd Halen, and they were a cover band. <laughs> so sometimes, um, to me, the, the best thing about these cruises is the pool deck. Yeah, okay. Usually you're outside, or when you're outside, you're in the sunlight or whatever, and you got this ocean around you. Um, Nerd Halen, I didn't expect. I knew nothing about it. Now I know more. Mm-hmm. And here I am watching this cover band do this nerdy thing, Van Halen, and it was perfect. It was sunshine, and it just worked for me. It was tunes that were familiar with me. Mm-hmm. They were fun, and it's just like, what is this? This is great. So them, and then from Sweden, they have the Electric Boys. Okay. And I'm, I don't know anything about them. They were good. They they did what they did well. It's Electric Boys, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. They played when I first moved to Spain, they played like some dive bar about like 20 minutes from me. I'm like, what the hell's this band doing here? You know, it's one of these things where you didn't expect it at all. Um, is okay. So uh, describe some of the calamities. You mentioned that, um, that there were issues where they were kicking you guys out of the between show and show. And I mean that as you're describing it, I'm thinking, you know, you go to a festival, you get to stand around while they're setting up or, you know, you sometimes like where you're sitting. And you don't want to go out and um, and lose your your spot famously uh, or not famously. But for me and my wife, we got to see a festival where um, Kiss and Dio were going to be the last two bands on the main stage. And our choices were, um, do we want to go see Blind Guardian in Europe? Or do we want to remain here and be fairly close to the stage when Kiss and Dio play? We ended up just standing there for 90 minutes while the other two bands played and had, you know, a decent spot for them. But, I mean, why would they kick you guys out? Uh, Because of VIPs maybe having the choice to come in and have certain seats? Or, I mean, it doesn't – I don't understand why they would do that. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think they're going to listen to what I have to say. They have a curtain at least for the main theater. And Mm -hmm. I would think that, you know, why not? You are already getting the special thing. So you hear a band sound check, but you don't see him with the curtain closed. What harm is there in that? But (laughs) they do that. And then I don't know the other arena, they could, they could do the same thing, close the curtain, but they just, that's what they do. They make you leave. And then it's up to you, whether you want to go do something else or whatever. So yeah, we saw Rhino Bucket, and they played before the boat even took off and they were late. And um, one of the comments we heard from the roadies they're standing outside is where the F is our equipment and what are we supposed to do? And we're like, right. Oh yeah. So they went on late, you know, and they, and then that happened. So then, you know, on day one, we're case. And now we're going to get something to eat or whatever. We're going to go see Bisto Blanco, which is a reason why I went, to the cruise as well too. Mm-hmm. Huge fan of the band. You only get to see them so many times because right. of Chuck. Yeah. Well, they went on late. They started late. 
And later that evening is going to be kicks in the exact same theater. So Bisto starts late. So by the time we leave out of Bisto, my wife's a big kicks fan. Mm-hmm. Well, I know what I got to do for her. I got to make sure she's happy. So right. we just went right back in line and waited over 90 minutes for kicks to, to be let in to go see kicks. And uh, we missed out on um, other bands playing that we probably could have because that whole night was just backed up. Yeah, that's that's crazy. You know, just and you, you would think that they would have that worked out some way so that, you know, the gear would be there ahead of time or, or whatever. But, you know, sometimes sometimes bands leave you scratching your head because uh, as much as you think that they've got their shit together, they really don't. So uh, not when it probably comes to union loading on equipment to a cruise ship. Right. But, um, you, I forgot what I was going to say um, with, with kicks. I mean, yeah, we waited over 90 minutes for the show to get in and there was 60 minutes of show, 90 minutes to, you know, for a line. Right. Uh, and then the thing is, is what I heard later is they cut off people getting in that the theater was full. I don't know if that's true. Cause I was in the front. We were like front row because my wife is crazy about them. So if that's true that people didn't get let in since we were at the front of the line, we saw people, we were getting frustrated and angry. There were people hanging out in front of us that basically cut in once they kind of separated the VIP from the normals. Right. And we saw people cut in right in front of us. And we were like, hey, man, that's not cool. And they're like, what are we going to do? Like whatever. Right. So the most frustrating thing, and then that's one of the reasons I don't like the experience sometimes is the security Nazis or the security divas or whatever that um yeah, want to hold the man back. And I don't like that. Yeah, that that sucks. Cause I mean, if you're waiting there, you know, they should have to get in the back of the line. The least that they could do is have people there to ensure that, you know, if you've been waiting for 90 minutes that no one just jumps in last second and gets ahead of you. That, that kind of sucks. It's human behavior. Yeah. They could fix the whole problem if they wanted to, if they just simply let it, you know, they empty it out fine. And then they let the people back in and you wouldn't have this hallway mess that they have of so many people. And you're in a tight area, you know, you're in this. Yeah. It's that's the part that I don't like, but the part that is cool is it's kind of like getting video games that are on free play. You can walk in to see Jeff Tate, and if you don't like it like we did, you can walk out. You didn't pay for anything in a way, and you can just go on and maybe find somebody else you do want to see. That's yeah. the the other side of this that's really great of the spectrum. How many shows are going on simultaneously? Is it just in the theater, in the the ice rink? It's just those two, or are there bands going on on the uh, deck as well, or all three going on simultaneously? Yeah, this one has had four theaters, basically, and sometimes it was two bands at the same time. Sometimes it was all four were in use, or you think it's in use unless they're, of course, running late or whatever. But right. like opening night, after we got done seeing Rhino Bucket, they were going to have a secret um, band and not announce who they are. Mm-hmm. So we walk up there. And sure enough, all you did is a sound check, sound check, bass check, drum check. It's like, well, this is. And so the joke was afterwards is who was the secret band? It was like it was sound check because it <laughs> seemed to grow on forever. Yeah. Um, the opening, the secret band was what I'm told was heat. 
H E A T from Sweden. Okay. So I never saw him because I'm stuck in this thing, you know, <laughs> in <laughs> right. the bowels of the ship for, for a band that I devote myself to, Bisto Blanco. Yeah. Um, how many days long is the cruise? So, yeah, I think it's five to six uh, leaves. The, most of the time they're leaving out of Florida. Okay. And I don't care about the destination. I think this time it was five. There were two days of nothing but just at sea. And there were two days of port. One is at the Coco Cay, which is their private thing that Royal Caribbean has, which is really great. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say something about that. And the other one was Mexico, uh, the other side of Mexico, not the Tijuana side. Right. And it's a Mexico island, so whatever. But I will say this. If you have you have kids, yeah. if you were a kid and you went on this cruise and you were, you know, when our age, when kid stuff was amazing, mm-hmm. you had the place to yourself. If you were a kid, you had the pools, that were the fun pools. You had the Coco Cay with the slide. Oh, my God. It was, you know, because it was adults. Yeah. You could have just made out as a, as a kid. <laughs> right. You wouldn't have to worry about waiting in line or waiting for anyone else to, to ride stuff. You'd, you'd be the first one there. Yeah. It's exactly. good to know. <laughs> um, okay. And, and all of those days there are shows going on or the, are there days with no shows? Yeah. Every day, except for the day you arrive in port, when you arrive back in Miami or this time or next time it's, it's Cape Canaveral. That's the only time that there isn't a show. So when you get on, usually they use, they do this thing where when you get on the boat, you have to make sure that you know your safety stuff. And yeah. typically I had seen in the past, the band started after that. This is the first time I've seen the band start so early. They, Rhino Bucket was started at 345 or something. and there, there was no equipment. That was a bad idea. But yeah, all those days and up until about midnight to 2 a.m., um, there's bands playing somewhere, if not on the pool deck. Or something else, and that's when we just we stay up till two or three a.m. Mm-hmm. and then uh, do it again the next day whenever we wake up. We're not early risers. <laughs> so typically, shows started at about three o'clock in the afternoon. Pretty much, yeah. They start like some yoga stuff or some fun with Luke Carl, not him this year, but you know, fun with the Sirius XM guys or whatever, or you know, a, a karaoke or a stretch or whatever. They'll start that about. 11 a.m., noon, whatever, a painting class, maybe a cooking class, whatever. They'll do that stuff. But bands typically, yeah, then they'll start around two or something like that. So people yep. are serious. So so you may have Mark Striegel at some point in the future. I think Mark would be great. I hope they do invite him. I think he sh- he would do great. So next year, you know, he should leave out of Florida with the guys. And absolutely. Uh, I, I walked in. I've seen Eddie before. I don't have anything to say to him, so I leave him alone. <laughs> yeah. I'll get in. We can talk about who we meet too once we get there. Okay. Um, yeah, Eddie. Eddie, someone that I used to run into at the local uh, mall all the time. Back then, he was begging for people to 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 interact with him. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Now he kind of almost uh, ignores people, uh, and then that's another thing that people like to ask about about these cruises. Yes, the artists are on board. Yes, you can talk to them. You know, the first year um, I was overexcited and I had everybody's autograph and whatever. Now, as the bands have also done this, they are just kind of almost one of the people and it's no big deal to see whoever it is just walking about. Unless, of course, it was Alice Cooper, which, you know, I'd go nuts over. 
<laughs> but but you could see members of his band all all uh, from time to time on on the cruise. You're saying, yeah, like we saw Slaughter and um, all of the Bisto band was standing right behind me. Chuck was right there. I wish I had my Bisto gear on. I didn't, but um, I didn't bug Chuck. I've talked to Chuck before. I have I have a picture with him, so I'm good. We're good. But the whole band, Calico and everybody, was all standing around us. And I saw um, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy Hendrickson at multiple shows hanging mm-hmm. out. Um, he would usually wear his face mask. I think it's a Alice Cooper sort of protocol. But right. uh, yeah, Tommy was about everywhere. Yeah. And then there's, there's some people from other bands, Stop Stop from Sweden, you mm-hmm. would see everywhere because they want to be seen. They want that, right? Right. Yeah, I saw a lot of people posting about them actually. So that makes sense. I mean, if you're if you're trying to make headway and try to get seen by people and you wanna want fans to know that you're approachable, I mean, you, you gotta take advantage while you can. And that's you know, you've got like you're saying, a few thousand people there to to see you, you might as well take advantage. I mean, that's smart. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the singer from uh, Tesla is a super sweet guy. The first two years they were on the boat that I saw him, he was everywhere pushing his kid around. He had just had a baby or a small mm-hmm. child. He was so approachable and he was like everywhere to be found. He wanted that. And, you know, one time I saw Lita Ford um, just hanging back in a, in a small area with a bunch of friends. I didn't bother her, but there's Lita just, you know, having her intimate group. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. And and that's how I met Steve Harris was Steve Harris was eating lunch. Mm-hmm. I was eating lunch and I had that girl freak out. He is the one person in my life that I really wanted to meet. He was right. That that's the man. So I got to say hey to Steve Harris. I almost I was in tears practically. I, I held back, but yeah, you can just approach people and you just gotta hang out and wait. The the this year, the Buck Cherry guys were having lunch with us. I didn't bother them. You know, it just just depends on timing, where you are. Right. Now, so what was that like to uh, to meet Steve? Did you, did you wait for him to finish lunch? Did you just walk up to him? What what was what was that? I like? I, I waited. Yeah, he, he was sitting right behind me at lunch, and his whole entourage or whatever, a group of five or six, they were very mellow, mm-hmm. and uh, I just I waited. I, my wife said, go talk to him. It's like, I can't, I got to wait for him to be done. So right. I was very polite. And I, I was that, you know, Mr. Steve Harris, will you, hi, you know, I was just, you know, I don't know. I'm a big fan and whatever. And I just want your autograph on your picture and I'll leave you alone. And that's all I want. And then um, later on, we did a photo thing together where it used to be back in the, when they first started, only VIPs got it. Mm-hmm. Now they pretty much set up sessions with bands to go, and do photos with them. Right. So I also had that interaction and I got a few words with Steve and I got the, he does the thumbs up and that, you know, so yeah. yeah, I was very polite and I, um, I knew that he didn't want to spend a lot of time with me and, and, and we're good. You know, yeah. on the other hand, I've met Ryan Roxy before and I had a conversation with him and I not on Mork, but I met Lars Ulrich. I had a conversation with them. So it's all good. Yeah. But Steve yeah. is, Steve is God to me. I mean, I, yeah, it'd be nice to meet Bruce, but that's, that's the man, you know, you're a bass player. So that makes complete. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Jeremy, uh, Jeremy, I missed heat. Um, I didn't get to do every this year. I did more about 
having fun and trying not to do everything. That's the other thing. And you'll hear from other podcasts is trying to cover and do every single thing. You can wear yourself out. I think you should do it. If you've never done it before, mm-hmm. try to do every single show that you can. It's fun. But this time we wanted to relax and say, it's okay. Let it go. We don't see heat. Let it go. Mm-hmm. Especially after day one, where at the end of the night, I was almost like, I am done. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm frustrated. <laughs> we hadn't unpacked yet. You know, it was two in the morning and we, we, we hadn't eaten. We were hot. You know, it was just one of those. Yeah. What the heck is going on with this tardiness is late. And there you go. What, um, what was uh day two look like for you guys? Anything stand out for you then? Yeah, so day two was the Coco Cay, which is the private island where they dock and it's the water slides. It's, um, you know, it's a beach. If you've never been to a beach, luckily you and I are um, <laughs> beach people. We have near us, so it's no big deal for us. But it's the, it's the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Um, so they docked and wife and I, we typically, we don't try to even do breakfast. We just sleep till whatever, 11 noon. Mm-hmm. We just do it. Um, Day two, um, yeah, I mean, we, we did the Coco K. We did that. Um, we ran into uh, Jimmy, um, the, the drummer from Kicks, and Steve, the singer. My mm-hmm. wife has a thing where she wanted to do a picture with them, so she ran into them and um, got a little bit more opportunity with them. And on day two, uh, the Killer Dwarfs okay. are – give it up for Russ. The whole band's great. But mm-hmm. give it up for if you've never seen Killer Dwarves, you should. Russ has an amazing voice. He he says that he's struggling. He 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 thinks that it's hard. He makes it look easy. He's walking around the whole time, and he's just blaring and sounds great. So the day two of the highlight was the dwarves. Okay. For- cool. Um, let's see. And you said it was five days total, right? Yeah. Okay. And. Um, tough. We saw tough a little bit in the lounge. We were just kind of kicking back, waiting. Okay, that was on day two. Mm-hmm. They were what tough does, whatever, tongue in cheek. They were just something that, again, you could just walk up and do. And if you don't like it, you can leave. That's the good part about the cruise. Yeah. So I wanted to see because everybody's always talked about Slaughter. I haven't seen him in years. Is their drummer? He is amazing. He is fun to watch. You're talking about. Um... Uh, Zoltan, uh, oh, what's his last name? Good enough. Yeah, he yeah. is a monster, and he's an entertainment. And they sounded great. Give it up for it is. They are what they are. They have a lot of smoke, a lot of fog. It's slaughter songs, but they're tight. And Dana on bass, and they know how to put on a show. So, yeah, absolutely. They didn't bust out any Motley Crue or uh, Vince Neil solo songs. I don't think so. No. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I know. I heard Dana said he had an interview years ago with Eddie and he talked about the Randy days, mm-hmm. which I'm just amazed. I've, I've, I've read some of the books. So Dana is a legend. So uh, I'll, yeah. I'll, yeah, accolades to him. It was a good show. They, I, I dig that Vinnie Vincent bass drum tone that Slaughter has that was Vinnie Vincent. Yeah. That groove is iconic, you know? No, I agree. Um, day, uh, day three, what, what stands out for you for day three? 
Well, I can say that I don't know why Pat Travers is on the on the bill. Now, my 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 friend Michael Butler, you know, from the Rock and Roll Geek Show that I do listen to, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure he saw Pat Travers back in the day. I'm sure he was great at that time. I walked into Pat Travers. I walked out. I went back to the room to do something. I went back out to see Pat Travers still playing. I'm still kind of bored. The the weird comment that Pat did is he said, um, you know, when I signed my record deal, I was only known for playing covers. And then he went into playing some original song. I'm thinking, well, play the covers. Because that's all I know for you for too, dude. So I'm I'm old, but maybe I'm not that old, or I just couldn't get into Pat Travers. So Right. Yeah. um, Go ahead. No, I mean, outside of being that Nickel McBrain played with him and that, you know, snorting whiskey and that song, you know, I, he, I or, and maybe boom, boom, out goes the lights, I think was another one that he, exactly that. That's what I heard on the radio growing up. Yeah. I was huge on that, but at that, I'm a kid that's, you know, 12 or whatever. I don't know that that's not a cover, you know, right. I thought that yeah. was just Pat Travers. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. So on, and then on the same day, um, the food is okay. You and I, I think are better cooks than some of these cruise people. The right. food is, yeah, I can make better pizza than these people can make pizza from right. scratch. Um, cause I heard a comment in the hallway that somebody said, man, this menu is shit. I thinking, yeah, it's the food's it's average, but, um, uh, we took a break. Um, so Sometimes you just need that and you just get to sit back and wait and, and, and get in some some sunshine. But um, my wife wanted to see Lillian Axe. Okay. And um, I'm not into him. And she thought she was into him and she goes, nope. So after about two or three songs, she goes, let's go. So again, you know, you don't like it? Leave. Go find something else. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't working for her. Yeah. That's day three, right? Okay. Um, on Friday, yeah. Okay, we uh, saw um, Crazy Licks on the pool stage. Okay, and they were fun. Yeah, I think they're from Sweden too. Yep. Yeah, they definitely are. Yeah, I've a lot of Swedish. Yeah, I posted a bunch of their videos on on Patreon because they, I believe, they released the new album recently. Yeah, I think it was possibly either January or February that they released the new album. But yes, they're definitely Swedish. I mean, yeah, they have a lot of Swedish presence. They have a lot of Swedish fans that join. Mm-hmm. This thing is multi-nation. I would say probably maybe another band that would make me go back on a cruise is DAD. Okay. But I'm probably more likely to go see DAD in Sweden and just go do that than wait for it to be on a cruise and find out that they've canceled or they can't get on like loudness. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> That that's been uh, loudness's thing for the last how many years because they can't get visas into the states. Yeah, loudness was on the first year of Monsters of Rock, and that was great. And now they can't seem to get back. Yeah. But on the same day, um, we saw, and I haven't seen them in a long time. Give it up. Um, this band's been talked about for a long time. Is Winger? Okay, I know, I know, B with some butthead. I know, <laughs> but actually, they were really good. Okay, and that's. Uh, Again, it's one of those things you just walk up on the pool deck and maybe you don't wait in line or whatever. You grab a rail and it's wonderful. You're looking out over the ocean, you're outside and you're just watching the band. You're just chilling and Mm -hmm. see how that they're good. So watching Winger and then I look down below 
rather than being on the same deck as the pool, the guys from Lit were just all hanging about. Um, <laughs> I'm not a Lit fan, but they have uh, something in common with where I live. Mm-hmm. They used to own a bar that I used to go to all the time. And the oh, Lit okay. guys, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were they, they were big at their time. You know, that was, uh, I, I forget. Uh, who did they just release a song with? Diamante, who is on um, the same management as uh, Motley Crue and Papa Roach and, and a bunch of other bands. So they they teamed her up with, with them to redo one of her songs. But yeah, I mean, back in the day, they were on the radio all the time. So uh, so so good on them. And, and I know that they're big hard rock fans as well. So that's cool. Oh, that's a whole other discussion. Yeah, but um, we we checked out Lit. We were uh, sitting in one of the pool deck lounges, mm-hmm. kicking back, and so we more heard them than saw them. But I took in the ambience of Lit, and I heard what they were doing. I didn't. Ha- I could hear if I wanted to to see what was happening. But there you go. You're just kicking back and and chilling and yeah. taking all in. Um, the yeah, uh, Jeremy, I think it is from Lit. Yeah. He had um, Odin and Leatherwolf on one time at his local bar in Fullerton, right. California. And he was totally into watching Odin and Leatherwolf. He was there and he was smiling. And at one point he went in and joined in with the Leatherwolf guys and played a song or oh. sang along because yeah. he said he is such a big fan. I'm like, well, see, I saw Lit open for Priest back in the day mm-hmm. when it was Ripper. And I and me and many other people in the crowd, we all turned our backs on Lit because mm-hmm. we were Priest fans. Remember those when you used to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Apologies to Jeremy and the guys from Lit. I'm, I was young. I was, I didn't know any better. <laughs> but yeah, at least I didn't spit on them. Yeah. Well, yeah. Could be worse. <laughs> uh, launch launched a, a beer cup that wasn't exactly full of beer so um yeah exactly so no no piss thing yeah you easily go to the restroom when you need to on a the boat there's plenty of those um we saw jeff tate in the main theater okay um i'm not he uh he screwed me on something and i'm still holding a grudge in the fan club back in the queen's rec days okay i couldn't tell it seemed to me like he was lip syncing don't okay. know if it's true, but he made it look really easy. I might be wrong, but my wife, a couple songs in the song, said, nope, this isn't for me. Let's go. So, cool. Let's leave. So we went up to where I know the party's going to be, where it's going to be fun. We grabbed a rail for Faster Pussycat on the pool deck. Okay. Cool. You can't go wrong. Again, I always love the pool deck because of how unique it is for a concert. And you always know that you're going to get that L.A. vibe, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to get Pastor Pussycat being sleazy. Right. Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do they have a VIP section when you're out on the, the deck there? Or is it just first come, first serve? I think they used to. They used to hold a certain section, depending on how they set up the stage for the pool. Like for the Ocho uh, year eight or cruise eight, they had a special section, but the pool deck, it wasn't large like it usually is. It was this little cabana-like thing. So for that, they had a special section so those people could always see. This okay. year, I think it was pretty much open to anybody. I didn't see any formation or holding people back. You could just simply walk up and 
and do whatever you wanted to do. Gotcha. Okay. And this brings us to day four. What did you guys check out still on day four? So oh, still, on day still on day three, all the way at midnight, you know, just keep the party going, was the choir boys. Okay. Um, used to be the London choir boys. Right. Uh, I, they're known for that one song, but they got more than that. But why not? So that was in the, the, the ice rink, and it's midnight. You got your flip-flops on, your shorts, whatever. Kick back and watch, and they were really good. You never know, right? Right. Yeah, that's cool. They're, they're getting their uh, second win now, thanks to uh, uh, HBO and Peacemaker, who featured some of their music. So uh, that's cool. Um, so, any, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, and then going on, and then that was that. We so we stayed up till the two a.m., three a.m. Um, you know, just keeping the party going and, and having fun. The next day, we're up at eleven a.m. And that was when we were in Mexico. So mm-hmm. my wife went over to check out the port and see if she can buy stuff for cheap, which she did mm-hmm. and said it was okay. I stayed on the ship and did some steps and walk much like you do. I still want to get my exercise in. <laughs> um, it was sort of drizzly raining, which right. being from California, we don't get a lot of rain. So I appreciated the drizzling rain. Mm-hmm. So I just hung out. And that's when um, later on in the day, Nerd Halen, um, they were fantastic. Cool. They, they, you know, you can watch it online, but it's even better in person, but he does the whole, you know, we're nerdy and they, they kind of change some of the lyrics to that tone. And the guitar player is great. You can't get enough. You, we all miss Eddie Van Halen. Mm-hmm. He sounds, you know, really well like him. Is it just them or do they bring anyone, you know, members of the other bands up or are there any type of like, covers at the end of the night yeah there are those they do um that type of thing where bands will mix together they'll have got a weird sound they'll have uh karaoke and -hmm. you never know who will show up you'll have just jam nights specifically for and you don't know who's going to show up probably nina or nita probably showed up to some of those i didn't attend any of those there was some special ones by the sirius xm guys or whatever where they did cheap trick covers i i didn't make it to that okay and um yeah the nerd hail and i saw some of the footage and i mean like you said uh, well if if you're gonna be first of all doing van halen covers you have to have your shit together second if they're bringing you on a cruise to do it you really have to have your stuff together you know yeah the cruise likes to seem to have different cover bands of some port and they've they've done van halen other ones before right. and we've seen them it's just it's like going to a movie and not knowing what anything of what the movie's about when you mm-hmm. go see a band you've never heard or know anything about and you're just like pleasantly surprised and it, for some reason it just felt good you know I, I can't explain it i was in maybe i was in a great mood maybe i was finally got over all of my sleepiness or drowsiness and i it just felt the right band at the right time but uh, later on, we went to see uh, Black and Blue, and mm-hmm. I thought they just, and I, I like Black and Blue. I thought they were boring. Oh, well. I, I think they were, they were on the Kiss Cruise, and I've heard some other people talk about interested, not interested in them. I, I mean, I like them. I, I support what they do. Um, Jamie, the singer, mentioned something about feeling sick, which is not what you want to talk about when you're on a COVID thing. Right. He said it. 
So maybe he didn't have the energy, but I just couldn't get into him. That's interesting. And they're not, I mean, they're what, two-thirds of the original band? Because obviously Tommy isn't there. and uh, Whoop. Whoop is missing. Yeah. yeah. It's not the same without Whoop. Um, there used to be some other kid, younger guy, that used to be in the band. He had a lot of energy, and he was great. Uh, now the guys that they have, they're totally competent guitar players, but mm. they just don't. They just, they just didn't. For me, it didn't work for me. Yeah, you you want to be entertained somehow. <laughs> you know, there's got to be something that keeps your interest in there. Because if it's just five guys just standing there, if it's we we mentioned this when we talked about the live albums, it's if it's five Ian Hills up there, then you know it's going to be hard to uh, to keep your attention. <laughs> they they tried. They did what they Black and Blue does, mm-hmm. but. I don't think it was me. So whatever. I'm sure if you'd never seen him before, it was probably great. Maybe I've seen him too many times. Maybe that's the thing. But I can say now I've seen kicks many times. I have set lists throughout my room here. So after Black and Blue, we went back. And since we waited in line, and this time the line wasn't as hectic, they had it. They finally figured out on day four how to control people and move people out and not let the drifters come in. So we right. saw Kicks again, and we were up front, and it was a much better show. the The first show of Kicks, they kind of made some goofs. the The sound was not quite right. Mm-hmm. They just they weren't as on it. The second show, that was Kicks. That was more energy, um, good set lists, everything. It all just kind of worked. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then once Kicks got off, I'll, and then I'll let you go. Then we uh, they. Bisto was already in performance on the pool. So we went up there and caught three quarters of the last of the, it was the exact same Bisto show, which for me on the pool, it wasn't as good. I saw them in the arena and it was tight and awesome to me. Bisto Blanco, the best band on the, on the, on the ship. Okay. Yeah. That was one of my questions that as you were uh, describing kicks, uh, I was thinking, all right, I got, I got to ask him, uh, when we're done with all this, what was the best band overall? But you just said it, Bisto Blanco. Um, with, and, with, yeah. no, Rhino was, Bucket with for the Kicks. sound. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. No, no, that's okay. I was going to say with Kicks, I know that you've mentioned you've seen them uh, a lot of times. So uh, so that's interesting, you know, to hear that. I mean, obviously, if you're, if you're such a big fan, your wife is such a big fan, and you've seen them so many times, you're going to be able to, determine when they're on and when they're not on their game. So, Yeah, exactly. You can see when a band is not always the same. Um, yeah. They, for the Monsters of Rock Cruise, they are probably, they're not the headline, but sometimes they could be. The way these people, and we're not the only ones, they're devoted. When you're on these kind of cruises, people are devoted rock fans. Mm-hmm. The, the lines to get in to see them are always full. <laughs> you know, they always pack. So, so that, they're doing something right. Yeah, I was just say that's a credit to to what they do. <laughs> you know, there's there's always, I think when you go to festivals, there's always that band that you know they may not be all the way at the top of the bill, but you know people walk away and say, "Yep, they put on the best show. They sounded the best. They you know they just were that band, and they didn't have to be." You know, I've seen. Um, uh, suicidal tendencies at a bunch of different festivals and people say, 
Yeah, I know Metallica was the headliner, but Suicidal was the band that brought the energy, brought everyone, you know, got everyone going. And once again, they kicked everyone's ass. So, so I know what you're, you know, I, I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah. So that same night um, we stayed up, you know, once the show's over, you can just go grab a, a slice of pizza. You can grab as much slice of pieces that you, pizza you want. You can, you know, get whatever, whatever. Some, only some things are open for food wise, but you right. know, we stayed up till uh, 3 a.m. that night. So at 4.30, I wrote this down. It was something I've never experienced. Uh, my wife wakes me up and there is this massive electrical storm going on at sea. Yeah. We sailed right through it, and I didn't want to wake up enough to take video. I thought somebody else would. I haven't seen anything posted, and, of course, now I kick myself. But <laughs> an area where I am where I don't see electrical storms that often, it mm -hmm. was it was foggy, it was hot, and then it later turned cold. I mm -hmm. mean, it was spectacular. And I asked one of the photographers later on, did you get that? And he's like, no, I slept through it. Like, oh, man, that was something. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, that, that's crazy. Um, the the seas did the seas get choppy or anything like that going through the storm, or it was all the same. So, people ask about that too. I don't feel the boat hardly move at all. The ballast is so huge in these things, mm -hmm. these ships. I don't get seasick. Um, I'm not going to say I've never. I, I can say I've never been seasick, but I've never been on a crab boat in Alaska either. So I, I, <laughs> I can sure I could be right, but. I've never felt it at all, but when you're on the boat for this long, we know that when we get off and we're back in the airport, yeah. you start feeling that sway back and forth. So yeah, it's yeah. there, but yeah, the ballasts are so huge. No, it doesn't move for the most part. Yeah. We had the, the one cruise that I was on. They, they, um, I forget if there was a storm or something. So they kept us out longer, um, at sea. And then the day we needed to get back to port, like that night, they went as fast as they could. So between the water being choppy and them, you know, trying to haul ass back to port, once we got off, you know, you're like you said, you got your sea legs and then you're like, you're not standing up straight. You, you're, you're, your equilibrium is totally off. Yeah. The thing I think it's not just, it's not that the waves push the boat around. Uh, it's, it's pretty stable. The wind sometimes out there can right. be quite strong and that can be kind of a bummer if you're outside. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then on the last day, um, there weren't as many bands. The last day was the Super Bowl was going on, which I, I'm not going to bother watching if I'm on a theme cruise ship that I paid a lot of money for. Right. But, with the lack of bands, at least, you know, a quarter to a third didn't show up. Mm -hmm. There wasn't that many bands left to play. So okay. we just kind of slept in, hung around, and Alice Cooper played at 3 p.m. or 4 p.m. or something. Mm -hmm. So we got there about a half an hour to an hour before, got, you know, a little bit good in the line for the regular Joes, and took in an Alice Cooper show for 90 minutes. And, you know, like I said, the VIPs got in before us and I was row five direct center on the bottom and I'm good with it. It was a quick 90 minute kind of best of show. Right. It went over, it went by fast and you know, it was good. Was it the typical Alice show or did, was it cut back because they were on the cruise? I haven't seen this tour. It's still to come to my area. This is the Detroit, whatever, 
yeah, the album that I'm not. Yeah, the, the album doesn't totally work for me. He, I think he did one song from the Detroit album. And then otherwise, it was a lot of best of. There was a song called White Lace Roses. I, I'm going to screw that name up every time. They did that song. That was a deep cut. Otherwise, everything else was kind of the same. But right. he just had the theme of they put like um, skeleton uh, human ruined people over the amps and pretty much that. So it wasn't the guillotine. It wasn't any of the hanging. Right. It um, They had the blow up baby for billion dollar babies. That's easy. It was stuff that they could get on the boat easily and carry off. It wasn't the full scale Alice right. show. Yeah. Which, you know, but the other thing is, is you're in this really confined arena. Right. So, you know, there's no bad seat, you know, if you're even here in the back. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Because, I mean, obviously it's 90 minutes, but if you're enjoying the show, you're saying that it flew by by really quick. That's one thing that I always write about um, when I talk about new albums. I'm like, wow, you know, the album was 45 minutes, but it was a easy listen. It was 45 minutes and it was done already. You're like, wow, that it's over. You know, that was, that was good. You know, you want to go back and you want to listen to it. Same deal. If, if you see someone live and before you know it, it's over. You're like, that was a great show because you know, however long it was 90 minutes, two hours, an hour, whatever. If the time flew by, it means you really enjoyed what they were doing. That's, that's awesome. I think I did. I, I've seen Alice many times. Uh, you know, I, I love Ryan Roxy. I love the whole band. You know, uh, Chuck Garrett, Bisto himself. He does the devil horns behind his head. Mm-hmm. And uh, he sticks his tongue out and does all that stuff. He's so much entertaining and fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, everyone that I know of that has interacted with him has said he's nothing but great. So. There is a great story out there, Chuck Garrett, where he talks about when he was with Dio, when they showed up at the Monsters venue at the time, whatever, you know, Monsters Rock in, in England, mm-hmm. and about him showing up in the bus. And uh, he tells the story better, but the guys all taking a piss and uh, they have cover and they only see one side of the human body taking a leak. It's right. a funny story. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah, that's funny. And um, he, he has a good story about, see, Chuck has an amazing body with perfect abs. Mm-hmm. He always takes his shirt off. There's a story about Chuck back in the day. I guess it was Bon Jovi. Mm-hmm. He doesn't name the person that said, Chuck isn't allowed to take a shirt off. And so <laughs> Chuck's like, well, that's just what I do. Right. Chuck always, at the end of the show, whatever, takes a shirt off because he's good looking. Listen to the Ryan Roxy podcast or whatever, and Chuck has them on, and he tells some great stories. And also listen to Victor because he has an amazing podcast too. <laughs> I, I wish I could, uh, you know, have Ryan Roxy level guests, but it is what it is. I, I do what I can. Um, I enjoy just having conversations with people like yourself. And if I'm lucky enough to have a, you know, a musician on, then so be it. So, um, so, Day four takes place. You see Alice Cooper, but Alice Cooper's at three o'clock. So you've got the rest of the day. Uh, any other acts that you got to check out that day? Well, I wound up watching most of the Super Bowl that I didn't think I was going to want to watch. Um, I didn't study it or anything. No, I, I think we walked in on the, the choir boys again later on. Okay. But 
pretty much just were done. Um, uh, I, I didn't want to make any efforts. I would say, you know, I've done this cruise before. I don't really need to do it again. Okay. I enjoyed this time because I didn't try to catch so many bands to stress me out or whatever. Um, we kind of, wife and I just, just did the cruise things of just relaxing, take mm-hmm. a break and enjoy. We like each other. That's the thing. Right. Um, a lot of these cruises, the same people show up and they see each other, which is great. And they like to drink and they like to party. Mm-hmm. Good for them. They they see each other and, and they all want to hang and, and do that. Well, I known my wife before we got married. And even back then, it was just the two of us. And we're just concert nerds. We just like to do our thing. So right. we like to hang out with each other. That's awesome. Well, yeah. what would what would it take? to get you back on, on one of these cruises, would a specific act have to be on there for you to want to go back? Well, Maiden's never going to do it. Metallica could do it, but that would, that would never happen. I would say the holdout band is probably DAD. Uh, I've, I don't think I've ever seen them. And I know I missed them when they were in California. I screwed up. I think, um, and, and DAD, I say that because DAD did do the monsters of rock cruise. Mm-hmm. And I didn't go. And I was like, oops. But at that time, I, I think I was strapped for money or time off or who knows, whatever. Right. And I just didn't want to commit myself. Because the other part of this, some of these people live on the East Coast and it might be easier. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a pain in the ass. To, <laughs> I'm not going to combine no, my first world drama of, of what I can get away with. But flying in a plane, you got you to you get the hotel. I know but it is a drain, you know? Yeah. I, I, hey, I, I hear you. I have people tell me all the time, Hey, why don't you come, you know, um, why don't you come to this event or why don't you come to that event? Well, first of all, I have to fly, um, I don't know, 10 hours to get there. Then like you're saying, you got to stay in a hotel the day you land then, you know, and it's the flights aren't cheap. So, uh, you know, I can't exactly fly, jet blue from uh from spain to, to the u.s you know there's there's nothing like that so it's a few thousand bucks for me so yeah i our flights were you know for the two of us were a thousand dollars or whatever yeah. and yeah the flight is supposed to be four to five hours to get there it took because i because this is just the time of the year mm-hmm. we our plane broke we you know on the way from out of phoenix our plane broke so we got stuck in Dallas and now we got to wait for a new plane to come on. We got to wait for the crew to come on. Actually, the plane was already there. So right. we waited four or five hours at 2 a.m. Starting at 2 a.m. The flight didn't leave till night. We were supposed to be in Florida basically at 6 or 7 a.m. We we didn't get to Florida till till 1 p.m. So it's just, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Not, yeah. not not fun at all. Believe me, as, as someone who as a kid... I used to come over to Spain every summer. Um, and at that time, there were hardly any flights. Uh, there were three flights a day from Madrid to to where I live now. Um, and if you missed one of those flights, you were stuck in the airport for six hours. And back then, there wasn't shit to do in the airport. So it was horrible. So I hear you. You know, that's... That absolutely sucks. It, it it was memorable. It's first world problems. Yeah, I absolutely. had nothing to do 
all I could do was just sit back and wait. It's it's no big deal really, but it's just kind of frustrating when you think you're supposed to be there and moving along and yeah. and this stuff. Because when these plane problems happen, then people get frustrated and angry, and we didn't. Mm. But then you have that reorg and drama. But the the thing is, is you kind of cool is we found somebody in common mm-hmm. that you meet, and then you know you get that same experience of yeah, we're stuck in the situation. And before you know it, you're bonding with some strangers you've never met. And you right. find out that person's, and you get humor and interaction. So there is a plus side. And, yeah, you know, but yeah, it's kind of a drain to, for this Monsters of Rock to go, for me, to go all the way to Florida to do yeah. this each time. So, yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. I understand. Um, it, it used to go at one time out of Fort Lauderdale, which was, I liked Fort Lauderdale. Those were great beaches. These have been lately been going out of Miami. Right. I don't like Miami. I, maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I'm not from Florida. I didn't expect to go to Florida this many times now, but <laughs> I think Florida, I think Miami look, feels kind of scary. I didn't get mugged. Nothing bad happened, but it just is a feeling of you. Right. Okay. Yeah. Miami's a lot bigger than Fort Lauderdale too. So, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot. A lot more going on. I haven't been there and since the late 80s, so I can't really comment. Um, the So, Bisto Blanco, the best band out of any band that was there. Uh, any runner-up, in your opinion? Uh, right away, I would say Rhino Bucket. So, here it is. It's been almost two years since I've seen a concert, been to a show. And the first band up is is Rhino Bucket, and we're right there tight. Mm-hmm. And you could feel the pounding of the of the drum of the kick drum, you know, right in your chest. You could, right. it was loud, and you could feel it. That felt so good. Finally, was uh, Simon Wright wasn't playing with them, was he? No, uh, but it's still the Brian from Kicks, uh, the same bass player. It's mm-hmm. still George. George is. Uh, He's a fun guy. He, you can see George a lot when he's on the boat too. They they played one show and done, and they didn't get to play anymore. Mm-hmm. So I would see George out and about all the time as the bass player that I can't remember his name. Mm-hmm. Um, they were all the times around, um, but not Simon. No, I don't think so. Okay, but yeah, and, they were a good runner-up. Okay, I know he's played with them here and there over the years. Um, any other band that you would say that was memorable as well on the tour? See, uh, I think. Excuse me, the cruise. You know, uh, my experience is going to be a lot different than somebody else. You can, the way they kind of have a setup is almost like they can kind of almost tell it feels like to me, like if you're into these type of bands, mm-hmm. these type of bands are going to be available because some bands will overlap and play at the same time. So right. you could kind of see that if you were the Swedish way, that you would see Heat, Stop, Stop, Electric Boys. I don't remember who else. I saw Electric Boys all the time also trying to get that attention right that singer guy looks unique he's kind of reddish he's, right he's he, he screams rock star mm-hmm. um i would say i mean winger was a surprise i hadn't seen him in a long time slaughter was really tight and really good and, and that's about it i i guess i only saw you know 10 of the bands but they were the bands that i wanted to see and the other ones right. didn't get on and you know so that that sucks yeah, makes sense. I mean, you're you're there. You're gonna want to see. 
you're going to spend the time to see the bands that you really wanted to see, as opposed to saying, Hey, I know that wingers playing, but I'll go see, you know, whoever <laughs> at the same time you're, you're going to, you, if you're going to spend time in a line and everything else, you're going to want to make sure that it's the bands that you absolutely want to see. Yeah. I, I was surprised by what went down on day one. I, it was a cluster. We they've had clusters before on day ones with stuff running late. Uh, that almost set a tone um, with everything of, of being stuck inside this little area waiting for the next band to come on and just, just standing there waiting. You know, sometimes I think we could have just walked away and if we did, we would have had an alternate uh, timeline of what would have happened, <laughs> but that it is what it is. Um, one year on a cruise, the first band up was kicks Mm -hmm. and the security guards were being harsh. My wife wanted to be right up there front, and he told her to go back, go sit in the seats. And I got pissed about it. Like, how dare you? Right. These other people are here. And then he wound up changing his mind, and, and everybody could just come up front like they wanted to. And that that really hit me wrong. I So here it is, day one, setting a tone of security yeah. being kind of tight. I don't appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. I mean, pe people that are there aren't there to start shit. Basically, they've paid a lot of money, you know. So most of these people are going to be respectful to the bands that they're that they're seeing. So that makes no sense. Yeah. So whatever that guy had in mind, he was that security guard wasn't there. And this time, the big theater, they let people, even though it, the the big main theater are seats. Mm -hmm. They let people stand in front of that first row of seats and they let people stand on the side and kind of in the hallways and the corridors there. Right. They mm -hmm. let people group up like for Alice Cooper. There were people grouped up about five people deep that just standing in that hallway in that corridor mm -hmm. and standing and they didn't say anything about, well, that, that one year, that one security guard wanted to be a jerk and tell people to get out of there. Right. And, and it, and it's, it nearly set me off where I, I know. I've paid him money. I'm not going to get into a fight. Yeah. But, and and that dude is bigger than me. I'm not a big guy, but <laughs> right. I still got to stand my ground. I'm on that little bulldog. It's like the man's not going to tell me what to do if I'm in the yeah. right here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear you. <laughs> um, you also said uh, there's like a Disney experience uh, with this. Well, what are you referring to? Well, the, the lines, you know, okay. I, I wish they would just simply let people in, um, you know, once the show's over, fine, drain it and, and let them go back in. But the, the waiting in line part was, was, is extraordinary. I heard that the two kick shows sold out and that some people didn't get in. Now huh. that's alarming to me. That, that sucks. If you were there and you couldn't yeah. get in to see something, because the whole thing, when we first did the cruise, the first time you would just walk into a show and a band's playing or they were going to go on and you could just walk right in. There was no lineup. It was easy to get in. Mm -hmm. They they didn't have this. Now there's this, it was this wait to the last minute and you're holding back in a queue waiting to get in and they'll have the line and they'll wind it through the restaurant or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and that part of you're just waiting and maybe you're socially drinking too, but that's that Disneyland experience of waiting in line of come on, let's just go. Right. And, and you were saying also that, you know, your experience is going to be different from other people because I guess you're just trying to see who you want to see as opposed to just 
trying to cram everything in there. Yeah, I mean, somebody might be into Tokyo Motor Fist. I'm not necessarily into them. Somebody might be into Soto. Um, I've seen them before, but whatever. Resistant Bite. Um, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't try. John Karabi. Um, okay, Eclipse. I don't know. I know they're from Sweden. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not into the keyboard, so I guess I have my certain vein of music. Right. I'm not into Eclipse, so I didn't try to. So, But some people could. Or Nestor, which is from Sweden. I, I had the time i could have i just didn't try this time for me personally we wanted to relax a little bit more we wanted to see what we wanted to see for sure and otherwise if we did cool if we didn't oh well yeah gotcha okay oh Um, dangerous dangerous toys i usually go to see them on the pool deck yeah right okay um the other thing that obviously we've talked about which isn't uh cruise related is um is pinball machines um you you're a pinball connoisseur um and actually uh i'm envious that you actually have your own it's something that i've wanted for for some time but it is what it is um in your opinion what makes a a good pinball machine okay we'll come back to work i have a little bit more but uh what makes it to me is uh wanting is stability. Uh, I don't know how to repair them or anything, mm-hmm. and probably just overall gameplay of is it is it worthy of playing multiple times? Does it have something that has a a way to keep you interested? Does it have the sounds? Does it have the look mm-hmm. um, that wants you to keep playing it over and over? And I think some pinball machines do that, and <laughs> some don't. I think some of them have a quicker drop, where if the ball like the, oh, I, now I'm going I'm to lose a name, but some of them, the ball drops too quickly or whatever. And it's like, well, that this game is made to make you lose. I right. think the playability is what keeps me interested. Gotcha. And in your opinion, best um, music pinball tie-in? Oh, I love the Aerosmith one. I fell in love with that one. It's a fun play. It has, has a lot of playability on it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Metallica one is great. I was kind of disappointed in the Maiden one. Um, I didn't think the gameplay was all there to keep me interested. The music is great. And um, I know I got lucky with the pinball machine. It was my also longtime hope of getting one. And I I don't know. Somehow my wife said, do it or you're never going to do it. And I kept just putting money aside. And uh, yeah, I feel guilty. I shouldn't own one. Um I'm not that social class that could, but it, it came about and I, and I did it. Right. Oh, well. And I'll <laughs> find out a way to pay other things later, but I did it, you know? <laughs> cool. Okay. I, I just wanted to uh, ask that real quick. Uh, well, there is something that's coming along. I don't know if you've seen it. Weird Al Yankovic. I saw the little preview. It just came out like a week or so ago. I I think it's real. If it's real, that Weird Al pinball machine, it's it's made by a non-standard brand as far as I'm concerned, Mm -hmm. but it looks really fun. Yeah. uh, So somebody that I've had on the show before, Carl Alvarez, posts pictures of him playing pinball all the time. And I saw him post about it. And he said, wow, this, you know, looks really cool, looks really unique. Um, and it's exactly what you just said. It's not made by 
one of the big companies. So it'll be interesting to see if it's as good if it's as good to play as it looks. So it's kind of the same yeah. thing you just said. Carl's right. Yeah, and, and then look, Weird Al, go see Weird Al if you get a chance. <laughs> it's one of the best shows. I'm a metalhead. Weird right. Al puts on a great show. <laughs> there you go. Um, okay, so uh, back to the cruise. You said there were a few other things you wanted to mention. I want, yeah, I know we've been on it for an hour, and I don't want to bore anybody, but I'll tell you some quick stories from the past that were kind of fun. Cool. Go ahead. I, the vomit story. So, <laughs> the first year, uh, twenty twelve, it was a dark theater, and it was one of the hair type whatever bands. And they were playing, and it was it was very intimate little theater. It was dark and whatever. So we were done with the band, and we were we were leaving. They were still playing, and on our way out, you know, of course, people have been socially drinking. To the left is a bar, and I'm watching behind these people, mm-hmm. uh, these people that are very drunk. And you know, you always watch when you watch TV or you watch a live thing. You watch what's going on behind sometimes because you never right. know. Well, coming from on the other side is a family, two adults, and two small children. They're probably 10 to 11 years old. Mm -hmm. They're walking in opposite me. And right in the middle of both of us is all of a sudden somebody has had too much to drink and has started to make that sound and has started to make that motion. And I'm watching those kids, and they're watching the same thing, and they're like in shock and awe. Maybe they've never seen it. I don't know. Right. But there it was in front of all of us. The vomit, the over you've had too much to drink and now you're throwing right. up on yourself. I laughed, you know, <laughs> that's funny. Even, well, I'll tell you, even on this cruise, um, I didn't, I had one beer mm-hmm. and some people overdo it. If when you're the straight person, you're the sober one and everybody else around you is drunk. Mm-hmm. It's a it's an odd sensation. We got on an elevator, and these people are just messed up. They right. don't know which button to push or whatever, and they'll say stuff that they are not aware of, you know, of what they're doing. Like I was wearing a mask, mm-hmm. so I wanted to be at the beginning, and this guy is so drunk. He's like, "Wow, I, I'm so you know, sorry, I'm not wearing a mask." He was just yabbering on that he was three, however many sheets to the wind. It's it's hilarious. That that's that, that's too funny. What what did the kids ultimately do in that situation? Was it uh, uh, was it them just freaking out? You know, was it deer in the headlights type type situation? It was total deer in the headlights. I think they covered their face and they looked away. They was like shock of of what is happening. These are adults. What you know. D might have been their first concert ever. And right. there's this darkened room with loud music, and there's this right in front of them. <laughs> so I had, I think I laughed more at the kids' reaction to the. I, I've seen people be sick before, whatever. Right. But to see these kids have to go through, it's like, yep, welcome to the adult world of uh, yeah. over drinking. <laughs> Absolutely. So, and then um, on the same thing that in 2012, they do drink tickets. So, well, back in the day, they did drink tickets. Now they do drink packages. I guess, you know, you drink, you buy a package of whatever cost it is, 150 300 I don't know what. Mm-hmm. And I think it's pretty much unlimited amount of, of alcohol. Like, I think 
you get up to a, a 10 to $12 limit. And if, if the drink costs more than that, then maybe you pay a little bit more, but it's unlimited. So you can really drink yourself all the way in. Right. The, the first year they did drink tickets. So you bought 50 tickets, say for instance. Right. Well, if you didn't um, use your tickets over the five days, maybe suddenly now you've have too many tickets and now you feel like you got to use them. So the last day of the, uh, the, 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 the boat is in port, people stayed up till the cruise ship arriving. So it's 6, 7 a.m. We're, we're trying to, because you got to get off the boat typically right. somewhere around, yeah, whatever. People had stayed up drinking all night. So as we're, oh, shit. <laughs> as we're walking across to do whatever, I think to go get breakfast, right. there is a brawl. There, there are people that have had too much to drink. There's arms pulling. There's security guards pulling. There's cussing, yelling. You can't keep me from drinking. I know I still have my tickets. I want to drink, you know, and they're just messed up. Right. These, yeah, these people are out of control. And of course, they're probably used to, you know, being cut off at a certain time. But being on the ship, if they're, if the drinks are still coming, they're still going. <laughs> I still have my drink ticket. You can't yeah. stop me. I paid for this, man. Uh, yeah. It was hilarious. I guess you got to be there. <laughs> And and then I need to tell the the bass player I should have looked him up from Rhino Bucket. The first year they played in this little small. They always have a small room. Well, they they were in this stage where the the ceiling was I don't know six inches, not even a foot above them. For some reason, maybe he didn't realize where he was at. He leans back his head and he's gonna spit a loogie. It lands. Right above his head, <laughs> there it is, hanging right down above him. I'm in the front row, and I'm just laughing, like you know, you just don't get to see this unless you're here. This right. is just the oddest stuff, you know. I like the weird things that happen. <laughs> That's funny. D- did he end up uh, catching his own loogie afterwards? <laughs> I think he let it go. He knew he did it, and I, I'm gonna ask him if he ever remembers that, but. Yeah, it just hung there. And I think he kind of stepped forward a little bit. And I think we all just kind of stared at it like, well, that just happened. <laughs> uh, and, and so some of the things, you know, you get to do Q&A. Mm-hmm. They'll have Kiss does it as well, too. The right. great band Raven, um, I'm a fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I They did a Q&A. So I told my wife, here's the question. She wanted to go talk to him. I, or I was going to send her to go do it. So I gave her one of my questions. And so, so she got to ask something. Everybody else had been kind of asking the same questions that you normally get. Well, I had her ask about, they had an album last, the one before where they speak their language. It's a bonus song at the end of the song. Mm-hmm. And I asked them, what is that all about? Well, that's their native language that they speak. Mm-hmm. So they got a kick out of her asking that question you know, that they gave her a special guitar pick that they never give to anybody else. And then she later saw the guys in the, in the walking around and they spotted her and they came over to her and they're like, Hey, that was great. You know, the wife hugged my wife. That was really cool. Thanks for being a fan. You know, here's this and you know, here's a pick and we really appreciate you. It's those kind of interaction moments. That's some of the, do you get out of this cruise? Yeah, that's awesome. I thought they were British, Raven. Aren't they English? 
Yeah. But, well, they speak, they have some dialect. You're going to make me look up the, the album, but it's the album before, and it has a bonus song at the end. Listen to that, and that's their native tongue of something, some dialect that they speak. Okay. Yeah, they're, I from, looked. they're from Newcastle, so I, I got to ask Jeremy, since he studied in uh, Newcastle, I'm sure he knows. There's whatever. something else they use of their tongue of, of just a little bit different. It's sort of English words, mm-hmm. but it's a little bit different. And it's off of, um, is the album Extermination, I guess? Is that the one that has the bonus song at the end? Uh, I'll bring up my music here. It's yeah, it, um, it's not Finnish, but it's something. And he, what he said is, um, the two guys, Chris and M, they they um, they speak this to each other sometimes, almost like um, so nobody else maybe can hear them, or that's just how they were brought up to speak this other dialect. And, and their tone. Okay, so it's a, is the bonus track Malice in Geordie Land? That's the one. Okay, yeah, so that makes sense because the, uh, um, you know how we have, or how we have, in the States, there's um, Jersey Shore. Um, in the UK, there's, the equivalent is Geordie Shore. Okay. Because of the Geordie accent. And how they speak. Uh, Jeremy has mentioned several times he's he's done the accent uh, before, but I don't know if he's he's spoken. You know, because this is one of the things that I get into here all the time. Oh, I I I don't understand your English. I understand English from the UK, and I've said to many people, okay, London alone has seven dialects. Um, which one do you understand? Oh yeah, the one that they teach in class. I'm like, oh okay, so you can speak to, to uh, a Cockney like uh, Paul Diano, who's cutting off uh, letters and different things, and you're gonna understand what he's saying. So yeah, I don't, I don't think so. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, bring it up. They they speak. I guess it's Jordy. Yeah. Listen to what, and they say he says it in the song, and, and that's why I said go ask him about that. And they got a kick out of that. And uh, I think it was Luke Carl at the time um, was the host for that. And he was like, that's a really interesting, good, different question. Yeah. Um, I didn't videotape it. I lived in the moment. Um, You know, it's gone, but it's not forgotten in my memory. That's awesome. Those those guys, Raven isn't for everybody, but, and they're not absolutely perfect on my list either, but they put on a fun show Mm. and I root for the underdog. Um, I root for you. You're the you're an underdog podcaster as well too. You know, you admit to your place in this podcast universe, and uh, it's probably why. You know, not, yeah. And I'm not saying you're bad or anything. No. I can see. I told you I was going to put my foot in my mouth. <laughs> no, I un- I understand what you're saying. Uh, I mean, listen, there's no one that's harder on me than me. Um, and mm-hmm. and I know that it. You know, I get very frustrated and think, well, you know. Why am I not getting all these follows or why am I not getting this, you know, while other people are? And at the end of the day, you know, I've done, especially these last two years, I've done so many things and I've tried to uh, promote and dump money into it. And I realized that I'm getting the same result 
<laughs> without dumping any money into things. So I, you know, I'm again, I'm just uh, trying to have good conversations with people and just have fun with it. So hey, as long as you want to do it, keep doing it. I, you know, you're doing great. You're doing what you do. So if you don't like doing it anymore, like Mark did, or, or you find some alternative, then you got to do for yourself or your family, but yeah, it's, it's okay. Yeah, I, I think with with Mark though, it's you know I I thank him for everything that he you know that he's done for me and um, he, as many people know, was the first person to give me the kick in the ass to to podcast and you know let's be honest, uh, my biggest claim to fame is being part of the Talking Metal family, you know, which is a byproduct of them being on VH1 and MTV and Fuse and and now Mark's on on Sirius. So, you know, at the end of the day, I mentioned it on my own show the other day on the Patreon show. So, you know what? There aren't too many people that can actually say that they were part of, you know, that extended Talking Metal family. So I'm, I'm cool with that. I like... I've been listening to your show for a long time. Yeah. I've, I've, I've go back way back and I know you put out the regular stream and I get it in my Apple or whatever I'm listening to, Mm -hmm. but for, and and so people hear the regularly, if you're not subscribed to the Patreon, to me, what you're doing out there in the regular world, it's great and all what you do on the Patreon for me and others that are paying or whatever you might get a free one or whatever, but what you're doing on Patreon with your news, with your once a week shows, Victor, I'm kind of enjoying those even more. Okay. I love that stuff. I look forward. I, I don't want to, I, I intentionally turned off the music news on the, the Twitters, the whatever more so that I can just listen to you talk about it and see it's the little subtle things. You don't, you're not trying to be funny. But you do something, you'll say something, it's funny. Right. You'll you'll comment somehow. I don't want to kiss your ass the whole time. But anyways, no, I hate I, talking about yeah. I appreciate hearing that because you know, to me, I've I was uh last week I was on with the guys from Decibel Geek and somebody was criticizing some of the things that I was saying, and I was like, I don't care. I'm just being honest. I'm just, you know, uh, I'm I'm reading those news. And I'm giving people my honest response to, to what people are saying because some of the stuff that's said is just so wacky and so out there that it's like, okay, seriously, you know, some people are are just so cut off from reality and from what, from what, as you're saying, the peons have to deal with that. Just a lot of this shit just doesn't make sense. It reminds me of. Did you ever see uh, Jim Brewer interview the guys from Metallica and ask them, you know, how much does a dozen eggs cost? And they had no clue. They shouldn't know about that stuff because they've got so much money. They've got people taking care of this stuff. But it was so funny to realize, you know, wow, these guys just live in a different reality than we do. You know, it just it's no fault of theirs because they work to get there. You know, that's and it's I don't think that Metallica purposely worked to have, you know, I don't think anyone saw them making the money that they made, but they've achieved something. And so be it, you know, that I'm 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 happy for them. You know, I know that there's a lot of bitter people out there that are like, fuck these guys or whatever, you know, and but 
I'm not one of them. I think with podcasting too, obviously when I started 13 years ago, it was a completely different game. And with COVID it's changed even more because you mentioned Ryan Roxy, you know, Ryan Roxy steps and obviously he's playing with Alice Cooper. He's played with rat. He's played with, um, uh, how many, oh, he goes back. Yeah. He, uh, played the, with- the, the, the click of people on the rock cruise, they're all in with each other and they're all yeah. part of that Ryan Roxy. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. So, so for him to just pick up the phone and say, Hey, want to come on and just shoot the shit a little. I mean, it's completely different. And, and there's a whole different way of doing interviews because if you look at stuff like that, um, it's not the same that I ask a question because there are certain things that I can't ask about, um, out of respect and just out of pure ignorance, because there are certain things with behind the scenes and with the business side of things that I don't know anything about, nor do I care to know about because it's not my place. But you see like a someone like that or like a Jamie Josta or people that have been grinding it out for years and they'll ask other artists about things. And you realize that that artist has a certain level of respect. Yeah. So that, you know, they'll give them an answer or they'll talk about certain things where if I ask, you know, somebody about a certain thing, you know, the likelihood of them saying, yeah, you know, I got another call coming in in five minutes is much greater than if one of them has the question, you know? So. Uh, yeah, I've tried the, the Josta show. I've tried some of these other ones. Um, they are what they are. I can only go so far with Jamie. It gets repetitive. But you know you're one of them. You're I think you're it's because you're just yourself, and that's what you do on the Patreon thing. Is sometimes you just have these little comments. Mm-hmm. You don't intend to make them, right. and they're there. And I laugh, and maybe nobody else picked on them, but it's just a slur of something you said that it came to your brain before your mouth could even think about it. You right. do that, and and I think and I know you guys. Some people might hate on my on Michael Butler. I hate on Michael Butler. He's done things that have pissed me off but he's also one of the longest ones i've listened to because i just enjoy he he'll do something in the podcast that i'll get pissed off about when it comes to politics Mm -hmm. but other than that i look forward to you and his shows yeah Yeah. well at the end of the day so long as listening to my show listening to his show or anyone else's show entertains you that's all that matters you know um I I, I sound repetitive with this. You know, I appreciate that you do take the time out to listen to what I do. And I appreciate that anyone does that. But I mean, some people just get too overcritical and like analyze things too much. And, you know, now that I've started walking again a lot, I just I listen to shows and it's like, okay, I want to be entertained while I'm walking. I want there to be something to you know, help me to, to pass the time. And it's funny because you enjoy a show and it goes beyond the show. It's like, you're taking, you're going out with a friend almost, you know, you're going out for a walk and you're listening to that person. You're like, Hey, you know, is it, is it this day where their show drops? All right. I know that I'm listening to them today. So it's like, okay, today's the day that I meet up with so-and-so to, you know, go out for, I, for this walk with them. So I did that with your armored. I'm a huge armored saint fan. I have very cool merchandise or uh, stuff from them throughout my time. I've met them. I met that was my other, not just Steve, but I got to meet Armored Saint. That was huge to me. 
Right. Um, but um, when you had the Armored Saint interviews, I was like, cool. This is 60 to 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a walk that I'm going to take. I get to listen to this interview, and I'm going to enjoy this walk even more. I specifically did that. It's weird that you say that because that's what I did with your uh, Joey and you know, interviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. That That's awesome. To me, Joey and John. Joey and John are the two easiest people to, to interview. And I've, I've, I've said this a bunch of times, um, before I've run before I ran into like major health issues, I remember John telling me, he said, Oh, you got my number. Anytime you want to call me, call. Well, and call them. <laughs> I hope you can, cause they're going to go on tour with wasp here. Right. If you can't get John on before wasp, maybe get John on after to talk road stories. I would love to hear that so if he's true to his word and i, I know from and you the same i met john bush it was amazing i, yeah. I i'm good i think i i'd like to meet ozzy but i think i'm good i i did it <laughs> go ahead you you, you talk about all, all the people that you've gotten to meet and it's it's funny you talk about lars i i have this recurring dream about just just sitting around just shooting the shit with lars i've never like honestly thought you know, out in the real world thinking, yeah, you know, I really want to interview him. But a few years ago, when I, after starting podcasting, it's like, I'm having these fluid conversations with him. It's, it's so funny. I wake up and it's like, yeah, that's never happening. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. I don't see anybody re- real reason to give Lars a bad time. Lars is one of us. Lars, Lars came up the way you and I, and all of us did about right. tape trading and all that. And when I got to talk to him, it was, hey, how you doing, man? What do you want to talk about? I'm here. Take as much time as you want. Mm-hmm. Let's talk. He's just one of us. Not all. Some of these guys are rock stars in their head, right. whatever. And then my, my quick Ryan Roxy thing is, I think he's a rock star. So he does his parking lot thing before the Alice shows. Mm-hmm. So he's always kind of out there. Well, he was about 20 feet away from him, from me. Mm-hmm. And I'm standing there with my wife and I girled out. There's Ryan Roxy. He, I'm going to have a relationship with him one day, you know, but he saw me and he came over to me. I didn't, I didn't even ask him to, he just walked up to me. Right. He says, Hey, how you doing? He knew probably that flicker in my eye that that starstruck of, Oh, there's, there he is. And we had a conversation Then my wife said, Hey, he's got the big crush on you. I don't, I don't you know, thank you so much for taking time. It really means a lot to him. It's like, yeah, well, it does. That's awesome. Cool. Uh, again, I thank you for for all your years of support because I know that you have been listening for for a very long time. Uh, it's awesome that you are one of one of my patrons. You're on there every Tuesday for for Trivia Tuesday, which is always a lot of fun uh, because you never know how that's gonna how that's going to end up. Um, Cause a lot of times someone is way out in the lead. And then the last two questions, all of a sudden just turns everything on its, <laughs> on, on its ear. And then next thing you know, the person who was in last place wins out of the blue. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. We thank you for putting that show on. Yeah. It's, uh, I wanted to do that for so long and, you know, I needed to find a platform to do it. Uh, fortunately enough, Twitch allows me to do it. I wish I could, you know, similar to this where I could simulcast at other places, but it's the only place where, where it allows me to do it the way that I think it's easiest for everyone to play is being multiple choice. So it's, 
it's it's fun to put together and and to uh you know spend time with with you guys uh week after week and if people haven't checked that out i mean you can watch the replays up on youtube i've started posting the audio on patreon as well and um it's it's fun and hey if you win you can co-host like uh dan has done tonight Thank you much for having me. It's uh, the Mork thing is something that of of stories that I wanted to share. Um, I thank you for having me out there to do this. And yeah, if you are into music and bands and you see some of these different themed things out there and you want to do it, yeah, do it. It's it's good, especially the first time. Uh, I'm not necessarily a big cruiser, but I enjoy the experience. Right. But yeah, you get some of this fan interaction. You, you might. You never know who you're going to meet and they're available now that they've been doing this over and over. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the first year the kicks was on, Steve was never to, were nowhere to be found. Now you can, he's out there doing stuff and these guys get used to it. So, so do it. it it's fun. It's expensive, but if you can, you should. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I thank you for all of your time tonight, sir. Thank you for coming on the show and sharing all the, uh, all the stories. And uh, thanks again, anyone who's watching this live or listening or watching the replay. I appreciate your your time uh, for hanging out with us here all the way to the end. Um, any uh, parting words? No, thanks for having me. I appreciate your time. I know it's late for you. And uh, thanks for, if you're still listening, thanks for listening. Um, good day. I don't know. awesome all right guys once again thanks we will see you next week i'm not sure uh who we're gonna have on the show next week but i do know on the 25th we're gonna be doing our 1982 special so uh if you want to get involved in the voting for that you got to be a patreon you got to be a patron you can do that for as little as two bucks a month so uh please join us if if that interests you so there you go and on that note Uh, I want to thank Dan once again. I want to thank you guys and we will see you next time. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Cheers. cheers. Uh, Right here on the Signals from Mars live stream. See you folks. Thank you for listening to the Mars Attacks podcast. This concludes our show. 